terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, 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 what's up everybody? It's Saturday, November 17th, 2013. This is episode 143 of The Hot Box. My name is Matt. My name's Baker. That's Ian, Ian Baker. Baker. Oh, yes. Broadcasting live from beautiful, snowy Kalispell, Montana. Usually on the weekends here. Hotboxpodcast.com slash live. If you want to join us, you can watch there. Two cameras and the chat room. Say hey. Say what's up. If you have any cannabis-related questions. Yeah, turn the audio off on that, <laughs> just um, in case that's recording. No, I figured that we would figure that out. Okay. One or the other. Uh, but yeah, see. cannabis questions. Like anybody? Yeah, questions about cannabis we're here to help. Or drug policy or I know Colorado had some questions, so we'll get to those. Um, got a couple interesting articles from Forbes. Wanted to talk about all sorts of interesting uh, cannabis marijuana related stuff. Uh, did you know? That everything, and and when I say everything, I mean this is a lot. Like, are we talking like a, a dualist reality? Like everything external and internal? Everything like, you've heard about crack and meth is completely wrong. Everything Breaking Bad told you, everything you may have wh- learned from wh- your crackhead neighbor downstairs, it's all completely wrong. Well, and I'm glad how- Forbes is here to inform us of oh, that. Oh, Forbes. Well, since Forbes says so. So what? what is exactly wrong with what I know about crack and cocaine? And well, maybe and... we should start out with what we know about crack and cocaine. Okay. And then we'll see like how how spot on we are here. What, I... what do you know about crack and cocaine and meth? Well, the, um, the, uh, I guess, what do I really know? Well, what do you think you know? Because uh, it's say wrong. That, it's all um, wrong. It's available from a drug dealer. Sure. Okay. And they're illegal. Or a pharmacist? Um, of course, of course, a pharmacist. <laughs> Your a friendly is local a pharmacist. neighborhood like, pharmacist. Right. Sure. So, what do I know about these things? Um, well, uh, these drugs are detrimental to your health. They are the devil's tools in our society. They uh, force people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. They, they might have been introduced to certain lower income areas they of may large have population. Been tools of social by the CIA. <laughs> yes, possibly. Um, also, uh, they come in. You know, they're you can use them in different ways uh, uh, depending on your habits. Um, a lot of these are injectable or smokable or snortable and or addictable. Very addictable. addictable. Very addictable from what I They have a high addictability rating on the addictability scale. Um, These are all amphetamine-based drugs, so they're uppers. Uppers, And, you know, of course that makes people, I don't know, like to draw and and drink and do all these tinker with things. (laughs) Fix VCRs and 8-track players. God. No, uh, but more more realistically, um, these are habit-forming drugs that uh, a portion of the users have serious problems with, um, though, as on the show we've talked about many times, is about things in moderation, um, possibly 
uh, you could use and not misuse certain... Well, going back to the difference between drug I mean, drug you see, college use. students do it all the time, right? Well, Adderall. Studying for exam. Exactly. Is Which it, would be your pharmaceutical... Correct. Well, one of the pharmaceutical equivalents. Right. right. And so, um, like, before, while I was being facetious, you know, the, the difference between drug use and drug abuse is that, you know, these things in moderation... Um, it, can be used without having such a, a deleterious effect on your social standing or your social ability. But um, there, there is a percentage of people that obviously f- have have a problem <laughs> with these drugs because of their addictiveness, of course. But most people, if you were to ask them about crack, cocaine, meth, and everything, they would and say that's highly addictive. That's- and in a lot of cases, I'm sure it does become. And that's why I started out with, you know, devil's tools and the evilest things. It makes you whore yourself out and, you know, it makes you masturbate differently. So let me let me tell you about this guy. His name's Carl Hart. He's a neuropsychopharmacologist at Columbia. He grew up in one of Miami's rougher neighborhoods, and he has done bold, path-breaking research that challenges widely accepted beliefs about crack and meth. Uh, In his inspiring and fascinating new memoir, High Price, he describes both how he overcame his early disadvantages to secure a tenured position at an Ivy League university, uh, and how he came to question everything he thought he knew about drugs as he learned to think critically about the issue. Um, He believed, and this is before he became a scientist, he believed that people who use crack generally get hooked on it and thereby lose control of their behavior. But when he looked at the data on patterns of drug use as an academic, he could plainly see that only a small minority of people who try crack become heavy users. Uh, even at the peak of widespread use, he says only 10 to 20 percent of crack cocaine users became addicted. I can see that. Um, and also, like the way that we always hear about crack addiction or people that have crack problems is usually through a media source or news or, you know, obviously we've had somebody's some pers- cousin. Right. Well, obviously, we've <laughs> right. had personal experience with knowing someone that maybe had a problem with these drugs or whatever. But um, we've also known people that have used these drugs and didn't have a major problem with them. And on top of that, um, you. With all things, uh, some people are able to recreationally delve into something without it becoming a focus of their life. And uh, I'm sure that we've all known someone that is kind of like a closet uh, amphetamine addict, but you probably wouldn't be able to necessarily tell because they eat and they sleep. You know, they're they're not excessive users, but... uh, Uh, Like I said, a closet user, someone that would use that substance and then hide it from everybody. And, you know, it's not like they get all crazy with it, but maybe they use some of the drug in the morning and some in the afternoon and then call it good for the day or or whatever. It's definitely possible. And but why do why do we why do we think all these awful, terrible things about because the media tells us what to think? Absolutely. And there and of course, there have been those cases that have just like it's ruined people's lives. I mean, we've all known people probably firsthand one degree of separation. And then there's like that that TV show, The Wire, you know, which is kind of like, uh, you know, when any cop, I mean, watch cops for example. Right. That's what I'm saying is that you see these these extreme cases. We see that 10 to 20 percent more than we see the other 80% of people that maybe use these drugs on a recreational basis. Would you rather have to drink rock stars all day and piss bright yellow or do a bump of meth in the morning and one in the afternoon and, like, 
have the same effect. Well, not the same effect, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but let's not kid ourselves. Different addictions. We would probably do the lines and still drink the rock stars. Well, sure. I mean, so like. If you're going to do it. Like, why tease yourself? Yeah. Um, personally, I, I think that but I... But same idea, right? You're either drinking coffee all day or you're, like, either way, you're addicted to a particular right. substance you're doing, you're, that you're is... You're using some sort of stimulant. Right. Well, in this, in, under this context, you know, you're using some stimulant, right. whether it be the caffeine or the methamphetamine or whatever it may be. Um, I guess my... I guess was where my, my thoughts are going is that are you still able to perform your social responsibilities? Are you still going to work? Are you productive? Are you, you know, are you uh, on the fringe of social acceptability because you're kind of an awkward tweaker? You know what I right, mean? Right, right. You know, are you on tweaker time? You know, when you say, oh, yeah, I got to be at work at 8, and it's like 11 o'clock the next afternoon. Yeah. Are you like, oh, shit. Or are you the guy that's at work 10 minutes early, like, cleaning the bathroom before your boss gets there because you're <laughs> you have on nothing fire. else to do. Because you're on fire. You're, like, you're jacked up to work at Best Buy. You yeah. know what I mean? You're just, like, so Because you're loving your life. Job. Right. You're synthetically loving life. Right. And, and I guess, you know, with prolonged use, too, as we've seen with all drugs, there can be effects because you've used them for a prolonged period of time instead of uh, binging or, or real moderate use. He says, contrary to what anti-drug ads claim, Hart observes addiction is not an equal opportunity disorder. He notes that even rats whose voracious consumption of cocaine in certain contrived conditions supposedly shows how powerfully addictive that drug is, tend to use it in moderation when they have other options, such as food, sex, or an interesting environment to explore. Uh, crack gained the popularity that it did in the hood because there weren't that many other affordable sources of pleasure and purpose. Uh, and that is why, despite years of media-hyped predictions that crack's expansion across classes was imminent, it never ravaged the suburbs. It's because everyone in the suburbs was busy taking, like, Oxycontin and other right. heroin-like pain. They were trying to slow down a little bit. In the ghetto, you got to, like, speed up keep up with. Well, yeah, and getting prescriptions or those other drugs when you're living sure. in an inner city environment isn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world either. Exactly. Like, not that I've ever lived in a larger city or been in that environment for more than... But I've seen movies. Well, okay. Good for you. Yeah. I can be empathetic right. to that situation. To those actors? Yeah. I've, no, I, I've been in some... Training day style? Yeah, right? <laughs> Here, hit this. That's how it really is. Right, <laughs> right. Um... I think that uh, uh, there's probably some, I, I just, I guess, probably from movies or um, from discussions with people that have come from inner cities or bigger city areas is that there's kind of, it's kind of part of the culture. You know, you don't, you, you kind of do birds of a feather. You know, they if if that's what all your friends are kind of into or that's what your, your neighborhood's into or whatever, like, it's hard to n not go down that road as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's what's available. This is interesting. It says his own research with heavy crack smokers found that in contrast with the stereotypical addict who cannot help but immediately consume whatever crack is available, <laughs> they frequently rejected the drug in favor of small cash payments or vouchers. Like an IOU for the crack? Like here's an IOU voucher for the drug so you can... I've never met a drug dealer that would write out an IOU. Or like I've never met a drug dealer that accepted an IOU. Right. Like, or a drug dealer that gave out IOUs. Oh, sorry, man, I can't get you today, but here, 
Here's an IOU. I'll get you. Come next back week. tomorrow. I'll get you double. Right, right. For uh, twice the price. These findings, of course, these findings underline a crucial truth that Hart emphasizes: the effects of drugs on human behavior and physiology are determined by a complex interaction between the individual drug user and her or his environment. That's interesting. I really like that because I think that you would agree with me that through personal experience of, of experimenting with drugs is that it is such a personal thing. And these substances affect each individual differently. Um, and based on one environment, but two, who you are, you know, like some people brain chemistry and right. And you know, that. some people have a, an enhanced effect while doing something. It could be through tolerance or it right. could be just that that particular substance really gets them off for other people. Like the whole world might just be gray all the time. Right. And then like you do these drugs to kind of bring mm-hmm. a little life to it or the other way around. Right. You know, people that maybe have it's too, they're too using it as a self medication to, you know, dull things down. It kind of makes me not that that these substances are like lithium for someone that's right. right. You know what I mean? But it, it's psychotic. Right. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? But we like, have other things for psychotics. Correct. You know, but, uh, um, you know, some forms of either like depression or social anxiety, like these substances sometimes can help mask those things or right. amplify them, you know, through the through anxiety or paranoia. Yeah, I know when I'm on crack, I don't like to go out in public. I will, like, just go in my room and smoke my crack <laughs> and just, like, What was that line myself. about doing, like, just... <laughs> Like pretty much immediately doing all the crack that's uh, yeah, available. Con- like you're immediately, immediately consuming, consuming all, all of, of the available crack within a, a given area. <laughs> right. Your hood is four by four. There's this much crack within it. Now you better get busy. Go forth. You're gonna get busy. It, one thing too about the 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 ten to twenty percent of people that become addicted to these substances. Sometimes it's like a stepping stone to start performing other crimes as well. You know whether it's it's like. To petty feed theft. the right to or, feed your addiction, right. you know, whether it's petty theft or uh, prostitution or those kinds of things. The but that's again even a smaller percentage of that ten to twenty. Because the good, the ideal, that. like the the good use case is that you're making enough money at your job to to, to feed, support your habit, right, right, and your life and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, this part about how he's uh, the Mr. Hart here is debunking uh, misconceptions about these particular substances. You know, like uh, how we were talking about how the the general public would generally say that it forces violence. Um, you know, like ruins your teeth. It's really bad for your heart and your health. Those kinds of things. Um, so are roller coasters. While studies will show that cocaine and methamphetamine increase your heart rate and blood pressure, but not necessarily that's not necessarily dangerous to a healthy person. Right. You know, uh, again, this is the a, heart a moderate needs user. a good workout every now and then. Right. Well, hence, <laughs> you know, maybe like running on a treadmill sure. or, you know, uh, well, snoring some meth, whatever. If I you're mean, paralyzed, I mean, maybe. Hey, there you go. <coughs> that's guess. the only way you can do it. Um, you don't know. Also, uh, some people will say that, you know, using these drugs is going to uh, inhibit your brain function, you know, or hmm. or uh, slowly. Uh, you shouldn't be using that. them as the brain's developing, which I, is interesting totally because agree. lots of children are prescribed amphetamines and whatnot mm-hmm. for, for ADD. I, agree. I think Harry Hood in the in the chat here on hotboxpodcast.com slash live, he mentioned that he he was staying Adderall for 10 years. I imagine that was when you were a kid or is this like just 10 years ago? <laughs> 
But well, for ten years, that's probably something. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but that sounds Harry like Harry Hood eighty three. Let's say that's his birth year. He was born, and so he's thirty. Okay, and sure. so for ten years, probably sometime right. in school until he was in his twenties or something. Seventh grade through, yeah, college. you know, or whatever. And sure. that seems like a, a typical eight story. to eighteen. Yeah. See, there you go. So that seems like a typical story that sure. you would hear about. You know, a, a child being prescribed these drugs because they were. Diagnosed with a with a ADHD or some right. similar thing, and then they're they're given these drugs through that developmental stage, you know. And as we've talked about on the show, and as studies show, that uh, uh, any substance use, and not just illicit drugs or Anything narcotics, but caffeine, caffeine, sugar, all of those things sure. through that developmental stage have a direct effect on the development of your psyche, of your of your brain's ability to do its job. That's crazy. That's like forming the person based on the substances imbibed. Oh, yeah, 83 is not his birth year. Okay. A man after my own heart. It's when fish started. (laughs) All right. Uh, Awesome. I like it. I like it. Matt here always makes fun of me for listening to hippie jam bands. I don't like that. Yeah. Whatever. He doesn't like that. If they if it was here and like somebody gave me tickets to it, I would probably go and have a good time. But we better it's nothing I listen before to. you get choked out. All right. <laughs> um, there was another interesting article going kind of with this research showing that uh, cocaine and heroin are less addictive than the dreaded Oreo. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we talked about this. Yeah, the cookie, like the the, the Oreos, man. Uh, not like the interracial babies, but no, like no, the, like the uh, cookies. Yeah, Nabisco, I think. So, what do you think about that? It's, I think it's, it makes sense, right? I mean, it's cookies. It's not maybe not just necessarily Oreo. I would think like any kind of sweets, candy, cookies, anything like that. It is literally like crack for a child, right? And I mean, people have the same problems as well. They, I mean. Well, I have a personal. I'll wake story up in the middle of the night Oreos. and eat a box of Oreos like right. it ain't nothing. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm not like the. I'm not as thin as a rail. I'm kind of a chubby, chubby dude. You know what I'm saying? And like those kinds of things, like if they're in the pantry, don't you? Aren't you like kind of constantly? I can't keep that immediately shit in the house. consuming yeah. all the Oreos Gone. that are in the area. Gone. You know what if, I mean? Like if, that's it. You, you'll eat them until you're sick because you know you're. If there was a grocery store within this area, we'd be in trouble. I I would agree. But I within agree. my area, I consume them all, I, just like a crack addict. And it goes without saying, though, that you know if if you're eating a box of Oreos a day, like, and then you stop eating a box of Oreos a day, like you're not going to get sick and get the shit. Well, maybe stop drinking that energy drink. I have. Tell me how your headache is. It's pretty painful. actually, Isn't it? Yes. And it, and it lasts about 36 (laughs) hours at least. Right. No, I did that. Actually, I stopped drinking these for a week. I know that's a huge. Yeah, I know. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Funny. Bring in the parade. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Call the press. But, you know, I, I didn't have one for an entire week, you know, and like they're like probably three days in. I like I did. I had a headache for a while like, and, fuck you know, this. I was grouchy and kind of like whatever. But, you know, I did it on purpose so that when I drank another one, it was actually Ooh. like, whoa, man, that actually does. I remember why I like these. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good to do. You know, I'm kind yeah, of, a, you, know. A, you know, you got to have ups and downs to appreciate yeah, yeah. these things. So, um, not only are Oreos more addictive, but the article goes on to say that. Uh, it's in lab rats that Oreos are more addicting than well, cocaine and heroin. And so, like, I'm like, do you think that? 
the rat. It translates to people as in, like, do the people have the same ability to resist? If you put a box of Oreos in the cupboard and they know that, and you had maybe a couple before, you know, before you we went maybe to bed. And lab rats don't like cocaine and heroin as much. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Is it, like, is in it, comparison? Rat, yeah, does a rat get... I think like it's all the same, isn't it? Out of cocaine, it's like, all the same, right? I don't know because they're not like as consciously uh, productive as a human being. Like when you're on these substances, our our imagination or our 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 psyche uh, running forward, you know, like using cocaine, we have like things that I don't know what people do when they're on cocaine. I know what I've done while I was on cocaine, and it's like chit chat or or you know what I'm saying, like. Uh, being playing video games or whatever, you know, you're like doing something. But for a rat in a maze, like they favored I, the side of a maze where they were given Oreos to the same extent that they favored that side of the maze when they were given an injection of cocaine or morphine. There, <laughs> the researchers used immunohistochemistry to measure the expression of a protein called CFOS, a marker of neuronal activation. So basically, they were looking at the pleasure center, and it would light up the same uh, if right. they had. And then the rats preferred the Oreos. <laughs> right. See, I think that myself, I would be on the other side of the maze. I would, yeah, I'd get I, I all mean, fucking jacked up on the cocaine then go and then the go raid side. the Oreos. Could you imagine getting all jacked up on cocaine and having to go through a maze to find Oreos? Fuck, where like, is this Oreo? I can smell it. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> that would be the worst. Right. Poor rats. <laughs> should take this time to mention the YouTube animation Rats on Cocaine. It's very similar to a lot of wow. what we're talking about here. It's very funny. Very, very funny. That's... Very graphic and very, like, adult NSFW, but so funny. Um, what were you saying about the uh, Colorado earlier? Like, you had some questions from Colorado? Is that... Oh, yeah. Do you want to... Are we done talking about addiction? Uh, well, I'm sure it'll come back it's up. A good place we to usually, it up for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I just Oreo. thought that was interesting. That I just I was curious because you know I have a, I have a few things to say about what's going on in Washington State. Okay. So. Yeah, basically, Colorado regulars they want to know how much does marijuana cost? Because we've never bought weed before, right? We don't know where to where to get it or how much it, it costs. So they're wondering. They actually started a survey of marijuana businesses about the price of pot in an effort to implement a new excise tax that voters passed earlier this month. Okay. Uh, the tax is a 15% levy on the wholesale price of recreational weed when it, co- uh, when it moves between the grower and the seller. And so they want to know, like, the cost Aren't to- they just going to pass that on to the consumer, like the carriers do for your cell phone, all that's of the what, I mean, FCC that's what taxes our or whatever? society does. Right, you just right? pass it on to the end user. Correct. So, and, I mean, that's where, like, the tax in Colorado is going to be for Okay, by- so let's say you wholesale 100 pounds of weed. Okay. And a 15% tax on that. Let's say, let's say 10 pounds of weed, just to make the math easier. Uh, it's the same let's, thing. Ten well, right. Just let's let's say one pound of weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Now we're talking one pound of weed, gra- a grand. <laughs> let's just keep map. it at a grand, right? This is so map. 10 grand, 100 grand for 100 pounds of weed. 15% right. of that is $25,000. Of the 100,000, yes. So out of 100 pounds. No, no, that's 25%. If it's $25,000 of $100,000. Oh, 15%. Sorry. There you go. Right. So Stoner how man. much is it? Like it. <laughs> Let's say for easy sake. 15% of a, of a thousand. Let's say 
twenty thousand dollars. Just okay. around twenty thousand dollars. So fifteen percent of that would be what? Three fifteen percent of twenty thousand dollars would be three. No, no, no. It is twenty thousand dollars. Fifteen percent of the hundred thou from the hundred pounds. Do you see where is, this is? Is fifteen thousand dollars? Thank you. Not twenty. Okay. 15, so let's take that fifteen thousand dollars, <laughs> and you have a hundred pounds of okay. weed to sell. Okay. So you can divide up that fifteen thousand dollars into your hundred pounds, and right. pass that on to the end user Correct. at like four dollars a bag or whatever or whatever. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how tobacco sales work. You know the the the, right. the taxes obviously or that that percentage is passed on to the consumer. That's <laughs> so. Why. Where were you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> so how much after all of that how much does the end user end up paying for an eighth of pot uh in Colorado, 30 dollars i would say is that fair i would say at a store i, I am more rent. than happy to pay 30 dollars for an eighth of weed if it is of quality good, and right. it is of ease of access you know what i'm saying like that I mean it used to be 50 in the black market here in sure. Montana so anything under 50 well, would be Anything under forty, because that's about where the the market has settled at. I would say, I would say thirty is about where the market is. Really, in a, in a state where medical marijuana has been around, I mean that's that's pretty much the going rate for a, a, an eighth ounce of cannabis in Montana, as right. far as I'm concerned. Um, but in a state where it's legal, there's a couple hundred stores selling it. Um, I bet you it won't go below twenty. Or twenty five, or you know, somewhere in there. So that's what I think it would cost. Now, when the state of Colorado asks their constituents, how much does the, how much is this going to cost with the taxation and stuff? Like, I think one misconception from people is that uh, um, you know, growing cannabis makes you tons and tons and tons of money. But if you're growing cannabis, like kind of on a on a production scale, yeah. But it's also the cost of doing business is very high as well. Like your nutrients, the employees, like the electricity. That's true. All of those things really do add up. And and I'm not saying that making a profit, it's not as good as – I'm saying it's just not as good as many people perceive. Yes, there is a profit to be made, but there's also a very high cost of doing business. Electricity right. is not cheap these days. Good clean water is not cheap. Water filters, CO2, like you have all of these things. Not to mention, like depending on the mediums that you're growing in and the employees, like – you know, we're not talking about a thirty percent growing cost, or like you know, of your of your gross income. You're talking a, a, a lot more of a percentage there to produce these products. This survey that they sent out is kind of uh, interesting. John Vitriali, senior director of taxation for the Colorado Department of Revenue, uh, survey questions for existing medical marijuana cultivation facilities, and it has all of the the definitions for trim and flower and and all that. Uh, and then the questions, sure. may someone from the Department of Revenue contact you directly for follow-up questions if we are unclear about the answers provided, uh, contact info. How many months have you been operating as a cultivation facility that sells or transfers marijuana product? What is the total weight in pounds of flour you sold or transferred in the last 12 months? <laughs> what is the total weight in pounds of flour you sold or transferred to a non-associated center, MIP, or another cultivation facility in the last 12 months? Uh, the total value in dollars of flour you sold or transferred, uh, the total weight in pounds of trim you sold or transferred, uh, total weight in pounds of trim uh, to a non-associated center, right, and right, then right. dollars of trim. Right. Uh, you know what's interesting yeah. to me, or what this is making me think about, is that I'm, I'm... Thank you for your time and attention to this survey. We appreciate your assistance and the valuable information you have provided. 
Thanks. I, I'm really proud of Colorado for even going as far as like doing that kind of yeah. research. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. since they are if doing they were it, smart, they're they would have made that like a Google Doc form, and then everyone could have just said, and then you wouldn't have had to like print it out and fucking mail it. I mean, you can just well, they're but they're learning. Let's, they're, let's not judge. Yeah, yeah no, like, I know. Let's, like, I know. We're moving slowly. At least it's, they're it's good. approaching the topic of what yeah. the financial impact of cannabis is going to be and how to kind of work that out with taxation and that kind of thing. And that's what they're saying, that this is going to set basically what the market price is going to be. Um, right. And, and do you think that – I wonder if they're going to set like kind of like a controlled price, you know, like – or Like what they do with gas? Like kind of. Well, because, like, remember when all the shops opened up here in Kalispell, like, people were, you know, there was kind of like a price war or, you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, well, instead of $25 or instead a of $30. A lot of what it was is sign up with us and we'll give you a free. Well, that too, but, you know, can of... can one shop say, oh, it's only 29 an eighth when it's $30 down the street? Or it's 25 for, you know what I mean, 3.3. Right. You know what I mean? And or, that's where I think they set up a lot of those, like, you can't go to different providers. You have to... Well, I was kind of talking about, though, in Colorado. Oh, like how they, well, yeah, yeah. You know, is it going to be something where, the, that like, the industry is kind of like, all right, everybody, like, 30 and 8th. Like, let's all do 30 and 8th. Because that, that was something that was pushed for in Montana when the medical shops, like, you know, because people that were doing it right and had that overhead cost, like, they can't right. sell their 8ths for Super $15. Low, right, but people that were, like, buying it on the cheap from right right yeah, and so yeah. like there was kind of a push i remember like yeah. right when the dispensaries really took off in montana there was kind of like conversations going on at at mtci meetings and and different functions about like we should all kind of stick around the same price because right you know that's what it should be and nobody wants to sell a bigger a great bigger herb for less than 25 30 bucks i mean like anyway it's worth it i yeah. mean it's worth it, in, in my eyes. For what you get out of that. I agree. Definitely. I agree that it is completely worth the 30 bucks. And especially if you More worth it, it than the 30 substances. bucks you're going to spend on, like, a DVD or something. You know, something right, that. Right, right. Yeah. And, and if I could download weed for free from the internet, <laughs> like... I, if I know. could 3D print my own sacks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you're going to, um, you know, if, if you Bio are printers. buying other substances, alcohol or uh, a narcotic pills or anything like the, the the cannabis is considerably i think the most affordable um w- with i guess alcohol i guess you could say that could be cheaper or whatever but um you know as i don't drink beer and you know i don't really like cheap alcohol i like good alcohol it's gross and so, yeah it's, it's a headache yeah the ha- no you know so like i would buy a decent bottle of alcohol for 30 or 40 bucks and but i guarantee that if i you know, did a comparison like I the the herb is worth the. 30 I'm gonna dollars. enjoy it way more. Than absolutely, me. yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, the, they well, say I, that the the regulars are also looking to differentiate between wholesale transfers of different cuts of marijuana. The buds, the most highly prized part of the plant, could be given a higher average market rate. Trim and leaves, leftovers from processing that can be used to make marijuana infused products, could see a lower idea. rate, which. I don't know though, because like uh, Harry Hood mentioned in the in the chat, dabs are quite popular, and you make the dab the, the oil a, out of 
trims and leaves. It's What's concentrate. It's oil. Oh, like a, like the, a honey the, oil. All the or new a, kids are smoking it's calling dabs. dabs. You know? Some rapper rapped about it. Now everybody's doing it. For me, it's oh like. Oh my God. It's more of a pain in the ass than anything because you got to get your. I'm 86 and the word you gotta dabs get your from thing a out. And I mean, they're cool. It's got like a metal thing. You put the dab on and then you light it. Or people have these glass rods. It's kind of like taking knife hits, but it's dabs. It's. Because a, a rapper rapped about it, kind of like Green Crack. The, right. the, We're the gonna get hate gr- mail about this, but that's my take. Any on mail's it. good mail. It's just a dumb fucking. Any mail's good mail. I'll yeah. even say this: I'm too white to really appreciate rap music. So I well, don't that's even where... like smoking blunts, man. I just I'm gonna be honest. Give me a good <laughs> spliff, and I'm smiling. Right. Or right. a nice glass bong with some right. well done but filtration. A but yeah. a blunt is just like. Meh. It's too much. My little baby, my white baby lungs can't <laughs> handle it. Isn't that where the name Green Crack, the strain Green Crack came from? Is a rapper wrapped about... That was Cottonmouth King's strain, I thought, from, that because, went to Cannabis Cup. But it, but it had a... It was Cush with a C, was the original strain name, was C-U-S-H. And then because a, a musical artist started calling it Green Crack, that's just kind of what everybody started yeah, calling butane it. Butane hash oil, if you look oh, it up. Oh, okay. So like the oil that, that exactly. uh, yeah. we had at the dispensary. Yeah. Called dabs. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I, I, it's easier to rhyme dab than it is to rhyme concentrate. Butane hash oil. <laughs> Yo, make that shit boil. Yo, <laughs> awesome. Um, that's that's interesting. <laughs> dabs. I you know, and we I've always chosen to use words like concentrates and and well, extracts and things fine. like that. But you're not a rapper. That's true. That's very true. I am not a rapper. <laughs> Harry Hood says, "Why, why spend lots of money on some good weed when, and then ruin it with a blunt rap?" <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it, that just that paper is like so thick and and as it's a tobacco smoker, though, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but even as a tobacco smoker, like I can't deal with it. I don't like it. It's I don't like cigars though. Cigars are way too. I don't even like dark tobacco. Like I buy the Danish export. Peter Stokeby Danish. That's why I smoke. If you want to get me something? You send that to the PO box. I'll smoke it. I'll smoke export. everything in my vicinity <laughs> as quickly. But as possible. it's a light brown tobacco, and it complements hash and weed so well. I understand. You just break I it up have in there with the cigarette. It's so good, you know. Yeah, Fuck absolutely. Yeah. And it's a smooth smoke. Sure. As someone like you that smokes the garbage hand rollies, like drum. I mean, mm. you can appreciate a nice rolled Danish export. I can. Appreciate a nice rolled drum <laughs> you, cigarette. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. So, well, yeah, that's the, so. What I had to say about uh, uh, Washington was that they're kind of there's a little bit of unrest with the, the law enforcement agencies uh, in Washington, and they're they're adapting a new attitude towards like medical cannabis from the federal government, and kind of towards uh, this the new recreational laws that are gonna come up um one of the things that that kind of their motto now and this is funny to me is it's it's quote trust but verify end quote in other words like the the law enforcement agencies want to kind of approach the public with the trust that uh the cannabis use isn't um, rampant or whatever, but they're going to verify. So trust but verify, doesn't that really mean like they're just going to check anyway? Yes. Like they're not, they don't really actually trust you at all because no. they're going to verify <laughs> anyway. So If you trust, you wouldn't have to verify, right? Absolutely. Because that and goes so with the – And so this buzzword put into their slogan, trust 
but we're still going to verify, I think is uh, totally misleading. But what else can we expect from our friends at the Is that still government? denoting that there's like this criminal area that's going to get involved that they need to check on just in case? We trust you, but just in case you're a criminal. Right. We need to make sure. Right. Like, we're going to trust you as much as you... <coughs> we're just going to put that word in there just so you feel better Can about I this. trust you to verify? Properly? No. Have you earned that trust? No. At all, You've right? You've seen cops. I've seen fucking cops. Are you kidding me? Like, you can't trust them for anything, it seems like. Unless you... You can probably get... You can trust them to get tased. You can trust them to take your phone if you're filming them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Holy um, shit. The... So... And of course, uh, the one of the U.S. attorneys, his name's Cole, says the federal government is not going to prosecute them if they are, uh, end quote, if they um, are participating in these eight priorities that the government has set up. You know, and, and most of these eight things have to do with, like, kids being involved and, and driving and, and, you know, things that uh, I guess ethically most people would kind of say, all right, yeah, that's that's legitimate. But in, in Washington state, this is... This is kind of like their new the law enforcement's is new Is it just something to do? Something for them to be like, yeah, I worked on that committee and I'm an angel because of it or like possibly. You know, and that seems like a waste sphere. of money to me. Well, and not only that, but trust but verify. Like it to me it kind of makes them seem like even though it's going to be legal, we kind of still think it's illegal. So we're going to still kind of treat you that way. But we can't really do the charges. But we're still going to treat you like a criminal because cannabis has been illegal for so long. You know, this is like the policeman's transitional period. Um, also, just still from Washington State, like the the complete. Uh, the, I mean, it's so obvious that uh, people are ignorant to like what's going on around them in the world of cannabis because uh, Sheriff John Urquhart um, from Washington he goes on record by saying. I don't see a huge conflict between state and federal goals. This is in reference to marijuana. Really? But how can you not see a conflict between federal and state goals when your state has just legalized recreational cannabis and the, and federal, the federal government, government yeah. it's still a Schedule One dangerous d- drug that they are pursuing and prosecuting so then people over? by that thought, can't you just say, okay, if we're in the same line here, change your official policy. Change your substance act. Yeah, I wish politics change was that your... cold, cut, and clear. You know what I mean? I really why wish the... it was. Why is it not? And what is... If you're going to come out and say that, like, then... Then back it up. Like, do it. Right. Then well, do it. you know, America, the do land it. of where you can say one thing and do another. You know, you can say whatever yeah, you want, and then you can act a certain way. And it seems like these people that are in these states that are either, you know, kind of uh, moving forward with their medical programs or moving forward with a recreational program, uh, like in Washington, D.C., um, there's like 10 of the 13 members in Washington, D.C., of, of n- not of the federal government, but of, like, the city council, like the mayor and stuff. Sure. Uh, Ten of the 13 members have signaled their support um, to decriminalize marijuana. Even the mayor says, hell yeah, let's get it done by January. You know, like, this is like a, a, a green team of power trying to get this decriminal- decriminalization law passed by January, which seems... Wonderful, right? For for those individuals, you know, small yeah, amounts get it done. Good, but and and this is one thing I didn't really understand. But 
um, there's a woman that apparently has some sort of clout in this in this uh, uh, society because she says, I don't think there's a serious interest in the subject, also referring to cannabis. Okay, she's Like a, we're all being facetious about this right, for the like, last like 60 years? We're not really interested in decriminalizing marijuana. No. We, but, so she goes on the record to say this, and she's a non-voting member of the House and of the District of Columbia's uh, local government. And so I don't know why a non-voting member is even going on record saying anything as she shouldn't really have. She's a mm. non-voting member of the 10 of 13 people. Um I, I really just, like, I don't know why she continued. She says, again, I don't think there's a serious interest in the subject. When really her sentence should have just been, quote, I don't think, end quote. Like, of course there's a bunch of serious interest in the subject. Like, I don't know what rock these people are hiding under. Um, also, um, and, and leave it to Fox News, too. This is, again, about Washington, D.C., the district's uh, decriminalization laws. Um, they're trying to find statements and information to post in their local newspapers and media about, you know, to, to form some opposition to this decriminalization law. And Fox News finds a priest <laughs> that... One priest, you know, this is their one witness, their one person sure. they could find to go on record on Fox News to talk against decriminalization laws. The priest says, and I quote, I think it's very detrimental to the psychological development and social development of young people. And I'll pause there, which I think most of us young agree, people. Right. Like, how about the priest stop using children as a tool for your political agenda? Thank you for saying how that. about Thank that? Thank you for saying that. And then but then the priest goes on to say. And especially our young black men. Whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa. Did Wait. he just turn this into a race? Did the priest yes. pull the race card? Yes. And leave it to Fox <laughs> News to find wow. the mo the craziest wow. priest to go on record to say wow. something racist, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean... <laughs> That's awesome. It doesn't hurt the psychological development hmm. more than the psychological... Of a black man more than the white guy. Like... The color shouldn't have anything to do with it, but of course, you know, we can't get away with this. You know, we can't get away from this, is what I meant. It's beautiful. Um, it's fucking beautiful. And unfortunate. <laughs> and, uh, it's beautifully unfortunate. Um, and looking at the... Uh, well, while I was looking at this stuff from Washington, D.C., there's the, the whitehouse.gov website. Have you looked at that? You know, no. it has those polls. And oh, things. the petitions. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So while I was looking at that White House website about marijuana... A few have made it through, I feel like, because they said, like, it has to get this many votes or something, and then we'll answer it. And, like, a couple marijuana ones have answered it, and they always give this, like, canned response that's like, nope. No? <laughs> nope. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> In more words, but it really is just nope. No. We know you've gotten hundreds of thousands of people to, like, sign these, and that we said this would mean something, but nope. Uh, absolutely. Anyway, like fuck the, it. Just put it on Reddit. Let the people vote and be done with it. You I know? agree. Just, I agree. Because everyone uses Reddit. Reddit has a voting system. Oh, yeah, it's I've, fine. I've actually never used Reddit. Really? Yeah. I don't really I'm use a Reddit it that much virgin. either. But I know, like, I know that would be a good way to do it. Interesting. Um, I don't want to talk at length about the White House website because I'm going to get fucking pissed off. But no, that's fine. If if you want a good laugh, go to whitehouse.gov and look at what they have to say about try cannabis. and sign up for healthcare. And, <laughs> and then, well, yeah, you can try to do that too. 
try being the operative word. But it's just it's just astounding that on the WhiteHouse.gov's website, like the direct ignorance about what's going on with the cannabis society in the states, like it's it's appalling that they can even write that and post it on the web on their website, like with a clean, with any conscience, because yeah, it's right. like indirect. <laughs> Like violation of what's going on, essentially. Um, so, uh, somebody wrote in our, our friend MDS. He listens to the show, uh, and he says, uh, "If there were ever a story for the Hotbox Podcast, this is it." Welcome back, Ian. Hopefully, he still has his penis. My penis. <laughs> so in LA, My penis. <laughs> in in LA, back on the eighth of November, <laughs> four people roll into this dispensary and abduct the owner of it tortured him and cut off his his penis, penis. Uh, in an attempt to force him to divulge the location of cash they mistakenly believe he had hidden in the desert. And remember we this talked before familiar. about how they were not allowed to use like courier services to transfer Absolutely. their... Absolutely. No so armored vessels this, to carry your I mean, maybe not a direct... Uh, I understand but, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, two of the suspects, Ryan Anthony Kevorkian, 34, and Naomi Josette Kevorkian, 33, were arrested in the central California town of Fresno uh, a, a day after uh, they were taken into custody. Uh, one of the dudes fled the United States to Iran for several months, was picked up by the FBI in Prague, <laughs> of course, while trying to make an airline connection to Spain to visit his family. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I guess I wasn't really aware that the FBI could do that oh, yeah. on foreign soil. Oh yeah, <laughs> Prague. We own Prague. Shit. Okay. Have you ever seen Mission Impossible? One, nope. two, three, or four? Nope. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Hanley, thirty-four, the accused mastermind of the kidnapping scheme, has been in custody since he was arrested last October, not long after the crime occurred. Each of the four is charged with kidnapping, aggravated mayhem, torture, and burglary. That would. Can you believe? Like. Somebody just rolls into your shop and kidnaps you and then cuts your dick off. It would be the For worst. For some money that they thought I hid in a desert? That would be the worst. Yeah, I, I According guess... to their account, the kidnapping plot was hatched after the victim had taken several marijuana growers who were suppliers for his pot dispensary, including this Hanley guy, on an expensive weekend trip to Vegas. Hanley is later suspected of telling his co-defendants that the victim was extremely wealthy and they set about devising plans to abduct and rob him. Well, at least it sounds like it didn't really have anything to do with the cannabis. No, it like was it has money. To do, money, right, fool. Right, greed. Money. Which greed. Is, I was, I was kind of worried that you were like this was going to be over money. Yeah, we for want cannabis. all your weed. Actually, we have or, plenty of weed. We grow it. Right, but we just want your money. We want more money <laughs> because you're not paying us enough. Right, which is funny because I was just saying that. Yeah, there's a profit to be made by growing cannabis, but you're not Pablo Escobar with. They a were pop like arm. burning him with a blowtorch. What? They poured bleach over the victim in an effort to destroy any DNA evidence before dumping both captives on the side of the road, and then they fled. Since they had the idea that his money was buried in the desert, kind of wow. like in Breaking Bad, maybe they should have like took it under advisement to get a big plastic barrel and some It's a lie, not actually bleach. It's a lie. <laughs> lie is what you were. Anyway. Oh. Um, the woman okay. abducted with the dispensary owner was unharmed and managed to flag down a police car after running for a mile in the dark. 
Um, but because they sold weed at a dispensary, the cops arrested them. No, I'm kidding. But that's crazy. crazy. I'm glad. I'm glad that because uh, you know how detrimental it'd be to our movement if that kind of crime was committed over cannabis instead of over a copious amount of money. Money you know, that right. would have been. But the headline is, of course, pot clinic owner pot pot pot. Wow, marijuana dispensary. Wow. Uh, speaking of criminals, mm. um, and they're in prison, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Thank you, um, yes, for that. So in 2000... 2000- Dark and torturous. <laughs> yeah, all right. Sweet, my... Yeah, I feel great now. Welcome um, back, Ian. Yay! Yeah, all right. And I do have my penis. Yay! And I haven't been burned by a blowtorch recently. Not a, by a blowtorch, anyway. Um, so in 2004, uh, federal state... Or federal prisoners... Um, that were arrested for drug use was 170,535. Um, last year, there was over 900,000 arrests for drugs. Um, so in the state, and then I want to uh, reduce these numbers down so it's a little easier to comprehend. But in Montana, um, in 2004, there were, um, I'm, I'm sorry, 12.4% of all arrests made for drugs, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, incarcerations for drugs, were for cannabis. And so um, 12% doesn't sound too bad, but, um, right? But this just is, drug offenses. This is nonviolent, right. right, nonviolent cannabis offenses, 12% of all drug arrests. Um, How many people does that translate out to? I be couldn't about find the exact number. A couple hundred thousand, maybe. Well, not in Montana because oh no 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 right just in Montana um, you're talking in the entire United States it would work out to about one point two million, um for as a federal number right um we've just kind of been discussing a little bit about like uh, you know what's more dangerous the the actual drug of cannabis or the legal system if the you laws get, attributed to uh, it absolutely right and so um I just thought it was interesting that. Uh, with n- last year that there was 900,000 arrests for marijuana in the United States, which equals out to an ar- a marijuana arrest occurring every 19 seconds. That's crazy. On average, anyway. Um, and uh, each time one of these, these arrests is made, obviously there's disastrous consequences for its victims. Um, and then I kind of thought it was interesting that how many people are being arrested for marijuana while uh, during our hour-long show? Mm. You know, like quite a few. How actually. many is it? One every nineteen seconds. Yes. One. <laughs> so say one every twenty. Let's do more math. One every twenty seconds. <laughs> that's three every hour. That's three every so, minute. Three thank every you. Every minute. <laughs> no. Times sixty. So we're talking about one hundred and eighty. Yeah, we're every talking about one hundred and eighty people are being arrested. That's for marijuana. more people than probably listen to this show. Oh well, certainly live, but not over the course of well, right. some time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But yeah, so we, there's one hundred and eighty people every hour being arrested for nonviolent marijuana offenses. That's obscene. That's obscene. That's obscene. That's that's. There's almost more people being arrested for marijuana than babies being born. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. almost, not quite. Obviously, people like to have sex and babies, but... How is that... I don't even know what to say about it. Like, how... About 19 seconds, every 19 that's seconds? That's just mind-blowing, like, when you break it down that way. And, like, how that's still allowed to go on after all these years, still. 
Like absolutely blows my mind. And I don't even think that like you know ending the drug war is like I've heard from another individual that they feel like the government doesn't want to admit a mistake. No, at all, right? Well, yeah, but that would be I don't even think that's what it is. They don't. That's have part to, of it. They it's wouldn't not have to the admit whole thing, a mistake. Though. They wouldn't have to admit a mistake because we already know. Like they wouldn't. They wouldn't have to they say anything. They just need to come out on record. They wouldn't have to say anything. They wouldn't have to admit to the mistake. They could just end the drug war dissolve the without laws and explanation. Move on. Without they don't have to like say they did anything wrong. They don't have to say it wasn't working. They don't have to. Well, say and they anything. didn't do that with slavery, right? They just right, like well. abolished it and moved on. They weren't like precisely. Oops. Uh, well. You, uh, maybe maybe we, fifty years later, you know. Sure. But then, but I don't. Th- obviously, well, I guess obviously, I don't think that that's the reason they're keeping the drug war going is because they don't want to admit that it's not working. Like, obviously, there's other things in play. There's huge economy tied up in that. Absolutely, like we and, money, money, money. Yeah, uh, industrial prison complex, the the legal system, the lawyers, the the drug task forces, the all of those things, and so. And I, we've talked about this before, but I, I, I seriously believe that that's really what keeps this legislation in place is Money. the economy, is the jobs, yeah. is the is like the status quo, the way of life. But you know also I mean? that seems like a simple fix, right? If the problem – like you could replace – whatever lost money there was there with money from a legit system, right? Like, you could set up excise yes. taxes. I mean, you can't tax it to death because that will, that will you know, give way people to a black the, market. Exactly. Yes, people but still go to the black market. Cause if you did it legitimately, mm-hmm. I think you could... I mean, on top of the money that you're not spending on all of this unnecessary BS... Yeah, the... The couple billion a year that we spend right. on the drug war, like it would it even out, you know. I I would, would I would think so. Completely even but, out, and even be more better because of it. But I don't think that it's something that you could do overnight, or even like over the course of a few months. Well, because, no, but well, and the reason it's is, is so far. There's all these millions of people that are involved in like their careers are have something to do with the drug war, you know. Whether right, it's but they attorney. can't be given something else to do. Well, when was the last time you were given? A job or given anything from the federal government is what I'm saying is that taking these individuals that are trained professionals, some of them have degrees from colleges, some of them are tenured uh, law enforcement agents. You know, like uh, um, it's there's seems always going to gonna me, be criminals, though. It doesn't have to be right, but not necessarily drug crim. Well, yeah. I guess there are other drug crimes, and if we're talking just specifically about cannabis, yeah, there's still plenty of work for them. But not to even do. drug. Like there will always be criminals like is Correct. there maybe grand we wouldn't need near as many well and that's kind of why i wanted to mention like that it's only 12 percent of the drug arrests right you know f- uh um and it's 12.7 for uh federal uh drug arrests or drug incarcerations only 12.7 compared to in montana the 12.4 but 12.7 of all nonviolent drug arrests are for cannabis so we're really only talking about 12 percent Thirteen percent of uh, drug incarceration would be would be reduced. Only thirteen percent, right. which is is you know a considerable amount. Um, in in theory, it's a little strain off the already. But I don't think that it would system. just like abolish the need for drug task forces and and you know the DEA's. But it does abolish the low hanging fruit, right? Absolutely. So. 
now you gotta like do your job more and oh my god no i don't want to have to do that i want to stumble upon my drug bus such as life i want to drive around with my window down and smell for pot (laughs) (laughs) fuck you i do that (laughs) (laughs) and i know you've done it before too been driving down the road and been like I would fucking see Whoa. people Whoa. driving down the road full on pipe in view, oh, yeah. like not oh, even yeah. giving not a even fuck, ducking just or holding it down. Right? People like are more stealthy about texting while they drive <laughs> than they are about smoking weed while they drive. You know that. You know that. I uh, see people. You know, I never thought about it like that. I drive yeah. for a living, so I see more drivers than the normal person. Absolutely. But, like, I see people smoking, and they're just like, yeah, what's up? And I see people texting. They're all, like, embarrassed. It's all down here. And they're, like, getting all, like, down right. low about it. Right. Fuck, dude. I never thought about it like that, but that's so true. Isn't that weird? That is so true. <laughs> I would be way more likely to smoke a joint going down the road with my window down in plain view than to text. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I smoke spliffs. Uh, right. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. I thought this was interesting. Uh, in Africa, there's this place called Liberia, right? Okay. I don't know how familiar. Liberia. Liberia. Oh, yeah, I'm not. Right. Well, I'm not really good at geometry, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> geometry is hard. <laughs> Um, but recently they've burned $4 million worth of weed, right? And so it occurred to me, like, it should countries that are kind of maybe, I don't want to, like, just straight out say you're a third world country, but you're not exactly a superpower, you know? True. What's Couldn't their- you do something more productive with four mil worth of weed. And I'm not even necessarily saying like traffic it to another country and sell it, but like that, that just seems like such a waste, waste, not want not. And that seems like such a waste for a country that's maybe not having a, a very good go of it so far with, it uh, is kind of burning a natural resource a little bit, right? That's how I kind of, it just seems so wasteful, like $4 million. Even not even the money aspect of it, just like how much weed that is. That and remind me which country again? Uh, Liberia. Uh, in Africa. Yeah. And so this is their Liberia's why? drug enforcement agency, right? Um, they destroyed nearly three hundred kilos uh, in the suburb uh, in Monrovia, in the capital. There, part of a new nationwide crackdown on drug traffickers. Officials say the drugs were smuggled into the West African country from neighboring Sierra Leone by a member of President Ellen. Johnson Sirleaf's motorcade staff. That's how, if you're going to smuggle drugs. Do it in the president's fucking motorcade. Fucking A, right? Yeah. Which, and I, I'm sure this this isn't like full on like what we think of here as motorcade. This is like a couple of Willie's Jeeps and a suburban I don't think maybe. So. I don't think so. No? Because you think this is more? If they have a drug enforcement agency and they did this in a suburb, like the way that the article is written, it's kind of making it sound like a uh, like a second world country, like the socialist government. Sure, but it sounds maybe. like uh, well, in Sierra Leone's the presidential motorcade. I bet you it's a long string of vehicles that have heavily armed people. Yeah, this you is might my be perception right. from not a couple of jeeps rolling through the right, jungle. Okay. Right, I was gonna say that. Well, and I guess God, this is just 
from a reference off of a documentary, but <laughs> from a movie. Well, from a documentary about about you know like blood diamonds and the governments yeah, yeah. that are over there. Like the people that are in charge are very uh, over the top. You know they're they're very flamboyant yeah, they get, with yeah, their gold plated forty five deagles and their yeah their Denver for and so if if and if they have a drug enforcement agency that's, well, and this that's was burning cannabis, it, it can't be as third world as you think because. But still, four mil? That's what I'm saying. If it was as third world or rundown as you're thinking, yeah, the government you're probably would right. probably hustle it off to another country. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of publicly burning it, that would yeah. be my thought. The presidential aide, Perry Dolo, used an official vehicle to transport the weed. He and at least three other men with whom he was traveling were arrested shortly after crossing the border. Uh, the burning, they say, the information minister of Liberia, Louis Brown, he said the burning was to show that there will be no tolerance for drug-related crimes. We're not... Rape and poaching and, like, that's right. fine. Drug-related crimes? You're zero going to tolerance. Hell. You're we'll going to hell. you with the weed. You're going to hell. Devils, oh, you're going to time to, like, bricks of weed and throw them in the fire? You can be in the center of a convoy, but if you break the law, there will be no hiding place for you. That convoy will not hide you. We will arrest you. We will properly investigate you, and as has been done, we will prosecute you in keeping with our laws. This crackdown will continue. It's a nationwide crackdown. Why crackdown. Why does it sound like this Western Isn't African this country... Like adopted American isn't that, philosophy. Isn't that who's really in charge here? Like, why is this, this is West African country Liberia even the subject? Has a long history of drug problems. While it is illegal to grow, buy, or sell weed in Liberia, penalties for drug offenders are minimal and have rarely been enforced. Farmers throughout the country continue to produce and distribute marijuana, and the smuggling of drugs from Sierra Leone remains a problem. Interesting. I'm. I'm just. I guess. I think it's, it's interesting to see what other countries are doing and how it is a, a bit creepily similar to what right. we're because we would openly burn copious amounts of drugs in the public's eye as like a. Sim- I like the only comment here. It says eighteen hundred gallons of ethanol per acre. Food, fiber, medicine, and this madness legalized. Right. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yes, yes, it was. And you had this other um, article highlighted down here about uh, Iowa. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it's like, like Iowa just figured out that there's this thing called marijuana and that people smoke it. And like you know, it's not people right. in every state smoke weed Absolutely. as much as any other state. California, I would say, I would say a constant or Iowa. Yeah, it's, like a pretty similar percentage for each state right. of cannabis users. Yeah, I would, but I would it's agree. just funny. It says marijuana use is marking its twenty-year state high, <laughs> and Iowa has noticed an increase in marijuana-related crimes over the past few years. Uh, officials say they are optimistic about improvement in Iowa, although the ranking in this report attracts more attention to the issue of legalization. Uh, that is a clear indication that it is a serious drug and it should be treated uh, I, as such. I hate how the fact that people are using it is an indication that it's a serious drug. It's like, so serious, bro. Like, Caffeine also a serious isn't that a drug. False logic way of thinking. Like, and isn't alcohol that like a logically serious. Right? Isn't that a logical fallacy? Yes. By like taking like they're 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 straw man. Y- yeah, what they're is it? You, you know what I'm saying. They're being obtuse. They're they're like taking one. In, 
Like, I love this. The Steve Lucan, the director of the Governor's Office of Drug Control Policy, he says, quote, With a lot of the dialogue with legalization, I hope people understand that it is a serious drug and it has serious consequences. Does the drug have consequences or does, or does your system... policy of right. the drug have consequences because those are two completely different things I, this guy's using a logical steve come on game yeah I we mean, should try and get him on the show and be like steve listen, oh we should what's what your kind problem? of consequences come from cannabis We're and curious. listen to him talk about how um it's you know like the, the mark on your america your record. right yeah right. your record y- your record your record Fuck your record Fuck your record i don't have a record uh, don't think I do either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, according to the 2014 Iowa Drug Control Strategy, 26.7% of people receiving treatment for substance abuse in 2012 named marijuana their primary drug of choice. Following alcohol and the number of marijuana plants seized in the state increase to 7,762 compared with 9,824 in the last three years combined. So, a quarter everyone's of people, drug of choice is marijuana. But okay, check. We I gotta remind listeners though mm. that when it's people that are receiving treatment, mm-hmm. most of the time it mm-hmm. is court ordered treatment. Mm-hmm. And if you get it's a plea a bargain, charge, it's correct. clean down. And I wonder if they do those plea bargains just to pad these numbers. You know they do. You know, I wonder if that's like part of the That's part the of that large economy that we were discussing right? earlier. And so probably, well, for sure, more than a quarter of the people that are in treatment uh, are there from a court order. But probably all of the people in treatment for cannabis is court ordered or parental ordered. You know what I mean? Like... I just, I'd never met anybody or heard of anybody having such a personal addiction or a problem with marijuana that they sought treatment for themselves. Right. Like, I've heard of people that had addictions to other substances seek treatment for themselves. Right. You know, whether. But not weed. Right. You just seek treatment for yourself and, like, stop smoking it. Yeah, and go through the, like, what's the worst, the worst you're going to be is a, a grouchy asshole that doesn't sleep a whole lot and, you less know what I'm saying, than, for a few less days. Less than tobacco, though. Oh, absolutely. I can quit smoking weed way easier than I can quit absolutely. smoking, and that's anecdotal, uh, of course, absolutely. but, I mean, it's real to me, and that's kind of shitty that, you know. I would agree. So later on in this article, it says the earlier somebody becomes involved in drugs and alcohol, the greater the chances they will develop issues later in life. That's kind of open-ended. Doesn't everybody develop issues in life? Isn't that kind of like... Yeah, but if you you use drugs and alcohol, you have a higher propensity to get put into this system where you have to plead into a substance abuse class. Right, legal issues. Oh, okay. Thanks for clarifying. And granted, you shouldn't be drinking and driving. And of course, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're selling your house to cover your weed habit, then maybe, yeah, you should slow down on smoking weed. But absolutely. Like substance abuse class? Like seriously? Because are you abusing cannabis or are you just using it? You know, like, I, I, I don't know how you abuse cannabis, really. You get high and then you don't do things you're supposed to fucking do. 
Okay. Right? That's like the worst case of Well, right. You you give up your social responsibilities to get high instead of whatever. And maybe those social responsibilities were going to a bar and getting drunk with some friends. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just um, saying. Also, this this Lucan. We need to guy. open a bar where you can go and smoke weed and DMT and eat mushrooms and play video games and watch movies and it's completely awesome and comfortable and safe and shit. It sounds like we just need a bigger living room, <laughs> <laughs> right? How awesome! How many people could we cram in here and have an enlightenment course? Well, in this living room, yeah, well, we five. definitely need a bigger place. <laughs> five. We need a bigger studio. Absolutely. Um, if anyone wants to fund a studio, it would be awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll Arts. man it. We'll be your, we'll take care of it. Hold the fort down. So this guy Lucan goes on to kind of bring up the fact that he's really. It seems to me that later on in the article, he's he's really referring to the young kids. You know, it's about parent, and this is a quote. Uh, it's about parents interacting with their kids, clarifying their values, and talking about staying away from drugs. Well, says. then, Dick, why are you lumping in everything? Of course. Certainly, if we can keep young people drug-free, we can have some really big impacts later on. Which, you know, you can't really argue with that, I guess. I but mean, what does that have to do with cracking need... down on everyone smoking weed? Like, that's ridiculous. It, it has nothing to do other than this is another example of He's for just the children. his own back. Yeah, exactly. For the kids. For the kids, dude. Um, do do and, it for the kids. And everybody. Stop smoking weed for the kids. If you don't have any other, like, uh, argument. Stop selling weed to the kids for right. the kids. It's all for the kids. Fuck. You know, like, if you have no other, other argument, like, you just bring kids in because everyone's, That's like, a bleeding go-to. heart. That's the go-to. Everyone's a bleeding That's heart the for go-to. the next generation. Because you're a demonic and... devil if you say, fuck the kids. But right. really, but like, fuck the fuck kids. The kids. Let them They'll figure it out okay. like the rest of us did. Right? Jesus. Why do we got to hold their hands that much? <sighs> Little incompetent fuckers. Some Wait, people's I'm, I'm kind of kidding, Some but not kids. really. Um, so he goes on and says, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we want to keep young people, quote, uh, away from marijuana and drug-free. I, do you think it's interesting that he makes the distinction between marijuana and being drug-free? Like, No. It's the distinction between drugs and marijuana. Instead of being like, we just want to keep the drugs we just want to keep the kids drug free. He says we want no, to keep you kids want to away keep from marijuana, the kids marijuana free, and, and also drug free. Because so the kids the are still on caffeine, and doped up on Ritalin, and whatnot. oh right. Do you think that he's like starting any sort of movement to get kids off no. Ritalin or no. off a prescription drug? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, but that's and, not a Schedule One dangerous substance, Ian. Uh, oh, yes, I guess you're right. It's a Schedule Three. That's right. So. And this is a message to the rest of us that have supported medical or uh, recreational cannabis. Don't is sell that weed to the kids. That Let Lucan, their parents do that for them. Lucan says we've moved down this path. That since we've moved down this path, we're sending a really dangerous message. A what dangerous is- message. No, lying is a much better message. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and incarcerating children for marijuana. Incarcerating a- children's parents and taking away children's parents, or children from the parents, because of some weed. Like, that's a dangerous Yeah, road. that is kind of dangerous. Absolutely. Um, 
I think, and it's sad too that like all these. It seems like everybody kind of wants their their minute or their two minutes of fame when it comes to cannabis. You know, like and and a lot of these states that they're are just patting backs, right? That and like, look at me, I'm or, also against this and regurgitating things that have been said in other states over right. and over and over again. Like it's almost they're it's, looking it's like they're like a big porno. government. You can friends. almost predict, yeah, yeah, like what someone is going to say or what their opinion is going to be about cannabis if they're an elected official. You know, there's going to be a little fellatio in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? And then like foreplay, yeah, and then it's like some heavy petting, and then like some you know M to A at the end or whatever. Or a like, to A, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah, it, because a lot of this is all predictable. Of course, uh, representative. And Chip the next thing Baltimore. you're going to do is put your kid up there and be like, "For the kids, stop doing it for the kids." Yeah, the you end. like the kids that have the God hates fag signs, yeah. and you ask the them, end. do you know what a fag is? No. no. Do you know what abortion is? No. No. Do you know anything? I like Transformers. No, you I don't. I like Transformers. No, you don't. And the cookies my mom's paying me for to stand out here with the sign. Oh, cookies are so good. I mm, eat all Oreos. of the cookies in my Oreos. vicinity. All of them. I need to fix, man. We I'm need starting. to go get some cookies. I'm fucking shaking, man. I just need to fix cookies, quick, man. Man, got an Oreo. An article in the Wall Street Journal headline: Marijuana hailed as the next great American industry. The next great American industry. Oh, I like it. Not just uh, industry. Great the, industry. The great. The next great. Oh, I like it. That's right. Um. This is a new subsidiary cannabis biotech. It continues to explore delivery options for medical marijuana to appeal to alternative markets such as women and seniors. Because, as we all know, old people and women just don't like smoking weed. Cannabis biotech's products will focus on the growing number of patients who desire the benefits of medical marijuana but do not want the harmful effects or stigma of smoking it. This isn't the stigma. This is in response. You know what I saw today at breakfast? What did you see? A kid in there uh, smoking one of those vapes, those Cigarettes? vape things, had it around his neck. And I mean, like, thick glasses, hat, flat hat, you know, that gangster. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah, or But, wigs- like, instead of a chain, it was like a Like a white vape. gangster? And it was... Wow. It's so weird. Like, it, I see it was a tobacco people's... vape pen? I guess, yeah, it was a vape pen. It was in Colorado, they have the cannabis vape pens. Right, You right. know, that have cannabis oil in them right. that you can vape. I think you can put cannabis oil in some of these. I don't maybe not. But I'm not sure. I've, just, I've been seeing that more and more, and it's such a... So you got a flat-brimmed, half-cocked yeah, I don't know. dude with, That's a, fine. with a cigarette I'm, vape I'm not judging. I shouldn't judge. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's just... But I want to know, like, wh- he was out at breakfast? Yeah, with, like, their, their family. And smoking it in the restaurant? Yeah. That's dedication. Right? I mean, that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's... Like, I had a cigarette on my way in. Right. And I was good until right. we left. Do you, I... ever, do you ever smoke? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it looks like it's becoming one of those things where, like, you want to be seen doing it as smoking was back in the day. And, and how, that's and weird. Then to... it, and then it kind of became something you didn't want to be seen doing it. Well, Because, like, I the social guess. perception like, changed. Like, I give a Fuck, well, I don't either, yeah, but I have been smoking I guess a some cigarette people... somewhere and someone walked by and been like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, that's the worst. Are you kidding You are me? the worst person. Yeah, absolutely. You are the worst person. I hope like a, you know, an unstoppable force of I just, destruction. I thought it was odd that that's like. 
I guess. Maybe, on the other hand, let's look at the bright side. Maybe he's trying to quit smoking, and he needs to have that, like, you know what I'm saying? That, it needs to be something. That A to M yeah. fixation. Yeah. That O you know? fixation. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's maybe he's really doing something positive sure. for himself. And I it's just so. keeping it close and keeping it there so he doesn't rush out and smoke all the cigarettes immediately yeah. in his yeah. vicinity. I, <laughs> all of them. I have all of the cancer now. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, this is in response to the shift in thinking in the U.S. where 20 states and D.C. have now enacted laws legalizing the use of medical marijuana. The legal marijuana market was hailed as the, quote, next great American industry by an investor group as it evaluated promising marijuana-related businesses. Uh, the group is ArcView, which convened a meeting in Denver to vet investment pitches from numerous businesses involved in cannabis. It's like weed shark tank. It's like weed tank. Right. We- you That's like awesome. pitch your weed idea? Mm-hmm. Damn, mm-hmm. we need to get over there. We get a weed idea. I do have it's a called weed the idea. hot box. <laughs> <laughs> Give us money. Episode one forty three. That's right. And PayPal. <laughs> um, yeah, they they expect these deals to run in the millions of dollars. Approximately sixty investors attended the meeting to listen to proposals from businesses that handle marijuana and marijuana products. You just go and be we like, do need yeah, to get down there. I've been selling marijuana for twenty years, so. You want me on your team because I know the ins and outs of this industry. I, I think that we I think that we should throw our name in that hat. Down Are we there. missing the boat in well, these like millions and millions of dollars? On Google when it comes to marijuana That's right. podcasts. If you search for marijuana podcasts, so like we'll find we're us. we like, we have that we clout. have clout. That's we true. have presence. Matter That's of fact, true. we've I'm been offended. raided, yo. <laughs> I'm offended they didn't invite us. Uh, true, right? A little offended. Info at hotboxpodcast.com. Like, what's it take to send an email? Apparently, more. We're not than in they Colorado. Are. That's why we. If we were a Colorado marijuana Aren't podcast, we like, we're Montana marijuana. Pod- but like, well, yeah, we're international. We talk about things all over the place. Do we need to focus more on Colorado? I don't think we need to be told what to do. That is true. <laughs> that is a good point. I think, we, but I think we should tell them. I mean, if you gave us a million dollars, I would let I, you. I would be in Colorado, saying, yes, singing the Colorado anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I have my price. That's true. And it's not as much as you would think. That's <laughs> also true. <laughs> 60 investors just getting the pitch. Uh, President and CEO of Puget Technologies, Ron Leland, said, quote, medical marijuana is quickly moving beyond the traditional market as the findings from scientific studies reveal a growing number of benefits. He added, cannabis biotech is committed to operating responsibly as it develops alternative products Produce using rigorous protocols, strict administration, and exacting quality standards. Sounds like we just need to go work for Cannabis Biotech. <laughs> right. I wonder if it's PR, like a... PR, bi- right? Marketing PR? Yeah. Well, or maybe it's like a big enough campus what that do they we need do? like a, 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 an on-site... Uh, Test. Yeah, podcast We show, will like, We will smoke your about... weed s- stuff, and then we will talk about it and Absolutely. review it. At extreme lengths and detail. That's right. And I mean like... Analytically approached, uh, metaphorically. Yeah, no, approached. we'll we'll design studies. And I mean, if you want to like get into some other kinds of biotech, like we could do that too. Absolutely, psychopharmacology. I'm open minded. That's right. I'm open minded. Very, not too much to where and the brain broke. falls out. <laughs> well, so yeah, know. sounds uh, pretty neat. 
Product lines under development include B29 energy drinks and several medical marijuana products through its subsidiary cannabis biotech. Puget strategies to become a recognized market leader in its product categories. Much of its resources are dedicated to research and development in order to provide consumers with quality options while meeting the expectations of its investors. So, energy drinks and cannabis all day? Yeah, right. Done. Uh, we kind of already do that. Right. So, we've been what's practicing up? for this for years. I feel like we've been studying. Right. 10,000 hours. At least. Ready. Which was exactly what it takes to master a skill 10,000 hours. We should have picked a better skill. <laughs> Podcasting is a good skill, I think. It's okay. It's okay. Now, is podcasting the skill, or is it the, the speaking, the conversationalist? The, I think the, it's being able the, to speak, and when there's that awkward silence, move it along seamlessly, or as seamlessly as possible. <laughs> uh, isn't that, what do they teach I'll you in broadcaster you school, right? I'll give you something Not seamless. semen. I said seamless. Oh. What do they teach you at broadcasting school, like, really? Well, last time I was you in You have to find your voice was... and do advertisements for companies you know nothing about. That like was that? good. Thank you. That was good. Well, <laughs> wow. You found your voice? I what found broadcasting it. school did you go Here to? Here it is. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anything else before we uh, put a bow on this thing and call it done? Uh, just as long as we don't do any more hotbox math. <laughs> hotbox math. If anybody thought we maybe knew what we were doing after listening to our math, they were probably like, uh, next station. Yeah, I need to go do more Khan Academy classes. Yeah, like mathematical ones. We could, we could do classes on weed. I think Did we you know Vice? We should open up our own con drug school. Vice has not C H A N. Someone that C-O-N. writes like a weed etiquette column. Like I feel like we kind of missed the boat on that too. What? That's an excellent idea. Weed etiquette? Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we know etiquette better than Vice. Come on, Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, I bet we could compete with a, a etiquette. Do we just need to r- start writing our own columns and then get them out? There? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to work on that. Yep. <laughs> and getting invited to. To Purge, Colorado? Puget. To live in Colorado? Yeah. Come on, Puget Technologies. <laughs> and run their We've been doing this shits. longer than you have. That's true. Well, maybe That's not. True. But. All right. Uh, yeah, join us on the Google Plus community or the Facebook page for conversations in between the shows. We have a Twitter account you can follow so you know when the show goes live, usually on Saturdays or Sundays or Mondays. Mondays. Whenever just on the weekend, whenever sometime. we get around. Well, to we, it. we've been busy, or you've been busy. We've Life's just been busy, busy the last couple of weeks, and life uh, happens sometimes. It really does. It's kind of what happens while you're getting ready for it. That's true. You can leave us a message at four zero six two zero four four six eight seven. That's the number. Thanks uh, for uh, hosting the show, Matt. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming over to the studio to record it. Weird. And catch we'll you later, catch listeners. You guys next week. Peace out. If you like you like we where where you need to be. If you like we this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Boss Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Boss Podcast.